0: Welcome to a special bonus segment of Keeper Chat, A Quick and Dirty. My name is Fauna. And my name is Flora. And these Q&Ds are an opportunity for us to answer some of the questions we receive from all of you. This week, we actually have a different, or a slightly different format, in that we're going to be talking about some zoo current events, because we had a lot happen in the last week and a half, and so we have a lot to unpack. In fact, a few of our listeners wrote us in about these things, so we wanted to make sure that we address them. So, specifically speaking, we're going to start with talking about... Uh, a couple of bummers. Sorry, Flora. <laughs> I know. Good. I know. I just figured I would start off with the bummers, and then we can move forward with the uppers. Is that what it is? I don't know. Wow. Okay. Then we're gonna do some drugs. <laughs> well, then we're gonna end with some drugs. A true Q and D. So uh, <laughs> this past, I think in the last like two weeks, I'm trying to find the like actual timeline of it. But unfortunately, there were some. Uh, unfortunate things happening in Botswana. In fact, close to 90 elephants, I believe, were poached and were found kind of all in one place, uh, which is really, really a big bummer. Oh, my God. So it says that the carcasses of nearly 90 recently killed elephants were found near a famous wildlife sanctuary in Botswana. And in an aerial survey, it was determined that 87 elephants um was was the exact number but most of them had their tusks removed which is a sign uh. of uh the fact that they were poached which was very unfortunate yeah. um as we all know elephant tusks are probably like the poster child for uh poaching for ivory but uh rhino horn- horns are the same kind of thing and they're usually poached in the same way uh yeah and this kind of all happened very, very close to one another, kind of all at once, and so conservationists are pretty much freaking out, as well as the wildlife sanctuaries pretty much freaking out as well. Um, Since elephants are already endangered species, and wildlife sanctuaries are, you know, an attempt at kind of the last vestiges of a wild habitat that's protected, the idea of them being killed within or near them is horrifying. It was also reported that five white rhinos were poached within three months. Uh, kind of around the same time, which, again, is a real big bummer. So, unfortunately, they're not really sure why this happens, um, or why this kind of shocking event occurred. They know that poaching exists, and they know that poachers are right. out there, but a one of this size is massive, right? It's crazy. And it has a huge detrimental impact on the population as a whole. So it's guessed, or people are guessing that the poaching – in the neighboring counties, may have actually pushed the elephants across the border into Botswana, where uh, poachers that were pursuing ivory followed them. So they just kind of followed this big group and slaughtered them all, which is a really big, unfortunate thing. Uh, So I want to talk a little bit about it. And if nothing else, just bring it to the awareness of some of our listeners. Uh, And just, I think one thing that we hear a lot from guests is that they... You know, they kind of hear these big stories that are in the news and in the media and stuff, but um, there are conservation successes and failures that are happening every single day. And I wouldn't call this a conservation failure by any means, but I would say that it's a huge setback. Um, Right. And it's still important to be aware of them and to be aware of the fact that this goes on like pretty much every single day in order to have a full comprehension of the magnitude of the issue. So the fact that something like this happened um just the other day is a real big bummer, but it also calls attention to the fact that we still have a long way to go as far as keeping these guys safe for generations to come. Right? Kind of a bummer. Um it makes me feel I know, bad. it's just not really good. Um you know, you always want to you always want to hope for the best, but sometimes that doesn't always happen. And one of the hardest things to do with conservation in general is to make sure that the uh, efforts that are being done locally are having a lasting effect and can be maintained uh, with ease. Because a lot of times what happens is um, organizations will come in, do their best to set up a conservation plan for an animal or a habitat or whatever, and then, you know, eventually have to leave and then it becomes really, really hard for local communities to actually maintain that. And so it tends to slip back into some of the detrimental things that happen um, to those animals and those habitats. So it's just – unfortunately, this is a good reminder for us to keep in mind those sites, those types of things. Um, But also just keep in mind the fact that, unfortunately, there are really big bummers out there and, like, poachers still exist and they're still a big issue. So it's something that definitely needs to be addressed. Yeah. What the fuck? So – Kind of going off that note, again, like I said, I wanted to get the bummers out of the way. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Rio? I have. It's an animated film. I, came out a few years I ago. Because like, I like birds. I'm a bird nerd. You are a bird nerd. So if so anyone I isn't aware, that. it was an animated film in 2011. It's called Rio, and it was about a um, zoologically raised spix macaw that is transported to Brazil, or that arrives in Brazil. I don't know. I saw it a long time ago. Um, it ends up in Brazil, and with the goal yep. being to mate with the last known wild member of its species, a female named mm-hmm. Jewel. So that was kind of the basis of that movie. It was pretty popular. Everyone liked it. I feel like Michael Sarah was in it. I don't know. <laughs> maybe not. Whoa. <Well, laughs> Anyways. Uh, unfortunately, however, there was a paper released the other day, today maybe? The other day? I'm not sure. That... Uh, current events this species it was released the spix macaw, just now we're releasing it <laughs> just now releasing it uh the spix macaw is now currently considered extinct in the wild which is great uh, again a real big bummer uh, this is um referenced in a paper that was released uh that was sponsored by bird life international where they did an eight-year study that used statistical analysis to analyze uh, 51 critically endangered species and so they looked at three different things they looked at the intensity of the threats that they faced they looked at the timing and reliability of the records and they also looked at the timing and quantity of s- the search efforts that happen for these species in their wild habitat so uh unfortunately they they specifically kind of found um solid results for eight species and the spix macaw was one of those and there are several Mm -hmm. others that were considered extinct in the wild there were several others that were considered extinct period and there were several others that found that their populations had dwindled uh dramatically Mm -hmm. uh so again this just uh, you know it's unfortunate news but it's important news to take in and this is the sort of stuff that uh flora and i end up reading a lot i know we've talked in q and d's or in episodes in the past that you know part of our job is to stay up on current event news right. and this is part of it in understanding what the current situation is for a lot of these animals it's important to know and it's important to keep that in mind so that we can give all of our guests up-to-date information but we can also um it helps inform some of the decisions that go into how animals are housed at different zoological facilities yeah. so the only and go ahead
1: I was just going to say, like, the only reason this is even probably coming up on people's news feeds that aren't zookeepers or, like, in wildlife biology or whatever is Mm -hmm. because of Rio. So, like, if there wasn't entertainment involved, Mm -hmm. people wouldn't give a flying fuck. Like, the only reason people are relating to this is because there's a movie about it.
0: Yeah, and this bird is kind of the poster child of this study. Like, there are several other birds that you know, we learned about, but yeah, I yeah, totally agree. but this is a
1: pretty blue one, and so that's why it's in the news when there's animals that are going extinct, like, all the time that you don't even hear about.
0: Yeah, there are a bunch of big uggos out there <laughs> that, like, unfortunately are not doing so great either, but yeah. not nearly as charismatic, which is in itself its own kind of issue, but... Right. Uh, so the only individuals that are left of this sp- particular species, the Spix macaw, uh, currently live in human population, so... Um, They're being cared for at different facilities, and unfortunately those numbers are pretty low as well.
1: God.
0: Yeah, not good. Um, The same kind of things that all animals face, again, comes down to human threats. Uh, Habitat loss and degradation is a huge one. Uh, All the rainforests that are being cut down in South America are their homes. That's where they live. And so with those areas gone, or with, with them segmented so much, it's much more difficult for them to survive. And so... We've talked before about how different habitats and different ecosystems are so intricately connected that if you do something to one of them, you affect, you know, numerous species within them, not just animals, but plants as well. So, you know, it's kind of a horrible slippery slope thing and domino effect, so to speak, where they're all connected to one another. And so, you know, these are the same, like Brazil is the same area where in our, um, zoo episode, we talked a little bit about golden lion tamarins. Golden lion tamarins live in Brazil, as well as these spix macaws. So, you know, they're being affected by the same threats that humans are placing on them. And unfortunately, tons of other animals are too. So that's kind of their number one threat, but also um, collection for wildlife trade is another big one, especially with exotic birds like this. And like you said, uh, this big, pretty blue bird, you know, everyone who saw that movie was probably very, very drawn to them and like very drawn to how charismatic they were presented. And, you know, I feel like we all know someone in our life who leaves situations like that going, oh, I would love to have a parrot or something along those lines. And that's not always the best case because unfortunately it leads to situations like this. So just something to keep in mind. Bit of a bummer. I'm sorry. But... I do you have kind of...
1: bummers, God. I know. I always
0: bring up the bummers. But I do have a cool little bit of news uh, specifically involving some keepers. So the other day in a zoo in Spain, there was a... Uh, I believe it was a grevy zebra. A grevy uh. zebra foal that was born. So a female was going through labor on her habitat and the staff and everything were watching, and she was progressing normally. And when she gave birth, unfortunately, she gave birth close to, like, a pool that was in her habitat. And uh. so the foal kind of, like, tumbled into the pool. And so, like, kind of fresh out of the womb, <laughs> like, tumbled into this pool. Jesus Christ. And, yeah, not so great. And so um, this was kind of a dire situation for this foal. So uh this came after the umbilical cord was cut so it's not like the female could just like walk away and like drag it out um so the foal was kind of on its own and was pretty distressed and the female couldn't get it out so two keepers um acted very quickly and rushed in and jumped right in the pool and um got it right out both of them grabbed one end yeah and like Anyone who works with zebras can tell you, those guys are mean. Like, they can kill you in an instant, and they can be really, really mean. Especially a mother that's just given birth, good God. Um, But these guys jumped in, and uh, the female, you know, was watching them very closely, seeing what they were doing. Uh, At one point, one of the keepers, um, the female zebra was walking really, really close to him, and so he started, like, splashing her with water. (laughs) Kind of be like, oh, no, get away! Yeah. Um, but it, there's a video of it. It's really amazing, you know, and they were able to pull the foal back on land and then get the hell out of there. Um, but it's just one of those things, like, keepers are likely going to do anything for their animals. And it was clear that the moment this happened, these guys were like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And they, like, jumped into this pool, like, submerged up to their necks and, like, in front of a crazy female zebra.
1: Yeah. grevy zebra, the largest subspecies. And... Zebra are notoriously aggressive, like so so aggressive that mm-hmm. I, if they he- are hearing their baby like probably making like alarm calls, and yeah. then you're there, they're gonna fuck your day up. They kill lions just by kicking them in the face. Yeah. Like zebras are terrifying. I read something a long time ago. I don't know if there's a paper or what, but it just said that more zookeeper injuries are from zebras than any other animal. Because oh, I believe one, it. They're fucking horrifying, and two, people take them for granted because you're like, oh, it's just a horse. No, motherfucker, horses have been domesticated for like a (laughs) billion years. Zebras have not. They're rough and tumble. They
0: gonna fuck you up. Mm, Yeah, they will not have any qualms
1: about kicking your face off. That's so scary. That's super brave of them and awesome because... People might be like,
0: oh, they just, like, fished out of the water. No, they, like, risked their lives. They could have straight up died. That's really scary. They literally did. And both of them, like, kept eyes on the female at all time. And the one that, like, was closest to the female that was, like, splashing her with water, like, deterred her in, you know, the nicest way possible. Right. But you, if you're going to put yourself in those situations, which, again, like, I don't condone. I'm not saying everyone should, like, jump into these things, but... The fact that they did act so quickly saved this foal's life. So that's awesome. Props to them. But like, if you're gonna do that, you got to be ready to like punch that animal in the face to save your own life if you need to. You know, seriously. Like, we're not in the business of harming animals. But if I've got a zebra coming at me full force <laughs> and it's I'm gonna, gonna like punch it. kick the the brain out of my head, I'm gonna throw a few bows. Um, Amen. Yeah. So they brought the foal back on land, dropped it off, and hightailed it out of there. Um, I fucking bet. So, luckily, the female was more distracted by her foal and cool. went over to, like, see it and comfort it. And so the guys were able to get out of there. But, uh, yeah, it was amazing. So, props oh to God. them. They they saved this animal, which was awesome.
1: Oh God, I have a little, like, zebra anecdote. So, yeah. um, I worked somewhere. i worked with zebras a lot now, actually. Oh, my God. Yeah, I work with zebras a lot. Specifically, Grevy's zebra. But the, my very first instance in working with them was a place where it was a large large herd and a really large open exhibit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really don't, I couldn't even tell you the number, but it was like upwards of 20, I think. Um, and there was a young male that needed to be castrated because we didn't want him breeding with his mom or his sisters or anything like that in the herd. Um, and castration of male zebras is really nice because it takes some of the aggression out that they have. Um, Cause typically they're fucking horrible killing machines and will kill mm-hmm. anything in sight, including the females that they're with. Um, if you're usually when you're housing zebras, if you have a stallion, you're going to be housing them separately and then bringing them in for breeding because they're just constantly dicks. So anyway, yeah. um, we were going to castrate this male. And so we all had pictures of his butt because <laughs> we were just gonna <laughs> drive into the herd and see if we could find him. Um, And the vet had the um, dart in the vehicle and he was going to dart him and we were going to follow him until he fell asleep. It was going to be awesome. We are going to keep him asleep. We're going to castrate him really quick and then he was going to wake up. We're doing it all in field. Um, So... We go and we dart him, and what does he do? He immediately just, like, turns around and is like, where's the water? I'm going to drown. And we're just like, no, you dumb (laughs) motherfucker. I don't know why. That's, like, their instinct is to just, like, "Mm, I'm dying. Better just end it now. Going to go take this into my own (laughs) hooves. Hoofstock are so fucking dumb. They do it a lot. And that's one of the reasons why you watch them really closely after you have darted them because you want to keep them away from water sources. Even if it's even small animals, um, you know, if you're going to dart, like, a – like, I don't even know, like, a Kawadi or something, you, like, usually empty out the water dish because you're just like, mm, please don't drown in this. Because they get so sleepy, they get so stupid, and they're just like, I'm just gonna put
0: my face underwater. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's, like, standard protocol for any sedation. You want to make sure you, like, remove any threats. I remember we recently did a gorilla sedation, and it became this whole thing about removing, like, a shelf that they could potentially climb up on and, like, fall and off And then fall. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Because you don't want them to bust their face open. But yeah, no. we darted the right male. We got a hold of them. Um, I held a freaking, I think they were groovies, I can't remember at that place. Um, a male zebra's leg up until my hands were numb. And then I traded <laughs> off with somebody else. And then I couldn't feel my hands. And cool. they also were like, hey, by the way, you have your the vet's life in your hands because if they kick, like the vet's dead because they're going to kick the vet in the face. So maybe yeah. don't let go. <laughs> um. Held on to that. Thanks. Like, what the. This- <laughs> force of a thousand interns (laughs) i know i'm like uh (laughs) fyi zebra got some leg like he leggy (laughs) my little intern arms aren't he never skips leg day he never skips leg day wow that's super awesome though um Mm -hmm. and yeah like i said i don't think a lot of people understand the implications of that and like how that was a really dangerous situation but they did it for the benefit of the animals and that's something, you know, keepers, that's their number one thing is we'll do anything for animals.
0: Yeah, totally. These guys just, like, jumped in. <laughs> They're like, okay, here we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, speaking of really quick, too, I think it came up recently, like, I had a, a question from a guest. They were asking about how we uh, manage breeding situations in zoos because, I, you know, I, I don't think the general public knows too much about how we, like, actually do that, like SSPs oh, right. and stuff like that. And for those animals that you can't give birth control to, because there are some that just can't, um, a lot of it comes down to housing them in a creative way or, like you said, castrating males. And I heard something from someone the other day. I don't remember if it was on, like, a forum or something. But, um, you know, they viewed castration as this, like, horrible, horrible thing. When in all actuality, it's... Yeah, in all actuality, a lot of times it's a very valuable management tool. uh, Because not only are you effectively controlling the way in which breeding happens to ensure that there's not inbreeding or there aren't like injuries or whatever, but you're also making sure that like that animal tends to live a better life in a lot of those cases because they're not in a like hyped up aggressive state at all times. And so they're less prone to injuring themselves and others and finding themselves in like dangerous aggressive situations and just overall a lot of times it is used especially if that male is like never going to breed you know he like isn't in right. the proper genetic standing to do so like go for it um have you ever met an unneutered dog they're fucking horrible yeah or an unneutered cat god Ugh. <laughs> yeah they're aggressive not and gross and like ew and their balls are just dangly ew yeah <laughs> so um there's a lot more that goes into like breeding and zoos and stuff than i think people think but Anyway, if you yeah, want to learn the more, fact that listen we to did, our new like, episode. <laughs> lions
1: implants and stuff like they literally have like IUDs.
0: <laughs> yeah, Oh, I know, and like primates take like human birth control all the time. Yeah, which crazy, is crazy. Uh, so my last little bit of news here <laughs> is a wild one. Buckle up. So I know that you and I are both very familiar with Joe Exotic. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is but the best thing I've ever heard, Flora. Okay. Why don't you give our listeners a little bit background on him?
1: Okay, let me just give a little bit of background about zookeeping. We take care of animals, and they're awesome. And, like, our day-to-days are usually, like, not drama-filled. This is juicy.
0: Yeah, like, this is some hot goss.
1: This is some hot goss. Okay, Fresh off the press. This, there's this horrible, disgusting man. And he goes by Joe Exotic, which, number one, is so pretentious. He has a motherfucking mullet. <laughs> um, he made a video about running for president which was like oh, real yeah which
0: he's done was the like, craziest stuff i just forget all of them
1: i know which was real life he is i think he lives in oklahoma and he's just a horrible mm-hmm. crazy motherfucking person um he breeds exotic animals he breeds exotic cats he does it for profit he's not saving anything he treats them like like they're not exotic animals
0: um he didn't he say once his goal was to bring back the saber tooth tiger through breeding of current animals
1: yeah, he wants, he wants, like, all tigers to be white, what? and he wants to just, like, bring back the saber-tooth. Um, yeah, so basically uh, PETA went in there, the Humane Society of the United States went in there. Um, they found um, animals getting hit, punched, kicked, sprayed with water, struck with rakes and shovels, being dragged across the gravel... Um, Joe Exotic instructing people to smack tiger cubs and lion cubs to make them walk. Um, when the Humane Society did their investigation, they said over five tigers straight up died. One of which just, it needed veterinary care and just did not receive any. Mm -hmm. Um, he's been cited by USDA, um... The bear, they had a bear that was euthanized because of a wound, because it was not adequately taken care of. I mean, he's just a piece of shit. He would take animals to malls. Um, there's a really awesome Big Cat Rescue in Florida called Big Cat Rescue. And um, he was taking all these cats to malls, and Big Cat Rescue called the malls and was like, Hey, this guy sucks. <laughs> and then they stopped doing it. And then he like changed his corporation's name to Big Cat Rescue Entertainment to try to, like troll big cat rescue so they fucking sued him um Mm -hmm. and they were uh for like intellectual property rights and they got over a million dollars because um they won um because he's a piece of shit so (laughs) um he's a horrible person he's really outspoken about all the other people in the industry who are doing good things because we all call him out on his bullshit
0: yeah it's one of those things where like his actions are lumped in with a lot of like Really good things its Zeus are doing, and so it's just like like, weird double edged sword. Yeah,
1: fucking psycho running for president. Well, like he does not represent us. He's fucking insane. Um, so (laughs) I can't even handle this. But it makes sense because a lot of people kill and hurt animals and have no problem killing and hurting humans. Then, um, he has just been indicted on two counts of hiring a person to commit murder.
0: (laughs) Yep.
1: Um, he hired a hitman to kill a woman living in Florida. Uh, there's a lot of people in Florida who hate him and who he vocally hates. I don't know who she is, but she is not dead. It did not go through. Um, I, wasn't gave, she a part of, um, Big Cat Rescue? I think so. They're not naming her, but I'm, like, pretty sure it is the woman that Yeah, because he's, like,
0: he's released a bunch of, like, death threats before and, like, yes. weird video of him, like, shooting a mannequin of her or something, yes. like, insane. Yes.
1: He made, um, like a, yeah, weird, like, um, effigy, like a big doll of her. He shot the doll and then he hung her up. Um, he put a bunch of snakes in her mailbox. Yeah, <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah, um, so he tried to kill her. He paid someone $3,000 to go from Oklahoma to South Carolina and then to Florida. Um, and then afterwards he was going to pay them even more. Um, they had to, like, go get a fake ID or something so if he's found guilty for hire, he could be imprisoned for up to ten years, um or fined two hundred fifty thousand dollars. But this was being like u s. Fish and Wildlife and FBI and like the u s marshals were all doing this because this guy sucks on every level. <laughs> yeah, it's some hot
0: goss, man. It's crazy.
1: He is insane. Yeah, he is. He's c- he's an insane person, but he breeds ligers because he thinks they're awesome and, like, liligers. Like, he just... It's all for profit. Yeah, it is. Um, so... God, what a comeuppance, man. Yeah. So, you know, the crazy people are out there, and their
0: names are Joe Exotic, and they have a mullet. Um... Yeah, so it's been a wild week in animal news, you guys. That's why we we decided to to dedicate this uh, episode to that. Especially, too, like I said, we had people writing in and stuffing like, have you seen this? And we're like, yes! Oh, my God! Um, yeah, so that's all we got for you this week. Exactly. This is our news update with Laura and Fauna. Um. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining us for this q and uh, These little bonus episodes will be sprinkled throughout our normal episodes, and in most of them, with the exception of this one, we answer direct questions that we get from listeners. So if you guys have a question you'd like to submit, feel free to email us at keeperchat at gmail.com, or you can send us a message on Twitter, which our handle is keeper underscore chat. As always, uh, make sure to listen to our other episodes and rate and review. Tell your friends and family to listen, and we'll hit you guys up next time. Bye. Bye. (laughs)